Hello there and welcome to our weekly Ask the CEO Q&A session here at the Virtual Frontier. Today we actually have a little anniversary. Together with you we celebrate episode 20 of the Ask the CEO series. Thank you for all the engagement and comments so far. Keep it coming, we'd love to hear from you. Today's topic of our Q&A session is 5 steps to a modern company structure. I can only imagine what it must have been like to start and run a business in the last century. Many things were probably much simpler and much more constant. Controlling command and top-down management still functioned here and there without major problems. Today, everything looks much more complex. As a manager or company owner, it is an ongoing challenge to adapt the company structures to the constantly changing circumstances and condition. Join the conversation today and find out how to work on a modern company structure that actually works for everyone in your organization. See you right away on the other side. Welcome, new session here at the Virtual Frontier, our Q&A session. Um, our topic today is um, five steps to a modern company structure. Um, while we're talking about that, uh, there is uh, still a vast majority of companies and organization, uh, organizations out there that are probably more structured like a hierarchy, a typical hierarchy that we know. In the top, there is the top management that uh, tells everyone how to think and when to do things. And then um, on the lower floors, there are the people that actually are doing the work. And, um, but yeah, before we uh, get into that, I, I, I'm wondering, and maybe you can, or we can elaborate a, uh, on that. Um, why is it that so many organizations are still wasting so much time, energy, and resources um, to control things, uh, which they are probably not really doing, but uh, why, why, why there's so, so much waste of, of energy and resources still there? If this, hmm. this, is, this is also an, an, an economic factor, right? Yeah, I think the economic losses, they are huge because this hierarchical organizational structure slows things down a lot and causes a lot of inefficiency. But why they do this is, I think, because they are used to it. This is how we or we designed organizations since, I don't know, 100 years. Mm. Right? Even when I started my business in 2006 and I looked around, this was the main structure. This is what all the books write, how you build an organization and how to build the structures. And I think in the past that was valid when like um, the growth factor of factories and other organizations um, was labor. Then you had people that are just doing the work and you have other people that think and they were separated. So those people that think and tell others what to do, they were on the higher level. And then, but if you cut the head, the organization will die because other people, they have no command and don't know what they should do because they don't think they just do, right? You can easily cut those people that do something and replace them with other people that do something. But if you replace or cut those that think, then the organization will stop working. And I think that was okay when you had like factories that depend on labor on the one side, but on the other side, when the environment was not so volatile and didn't change so fast and wasn't that complex and driven by technology. 
Nowadays, organizations rely on the ability to adapt to changing circumstances. They need flexibility. And yeah, that requires a different organizational structure. And now that is a big problem because, I mean, no one knows how to exactly do that. Everyone's talking about agile, but very often agile ends in chaos because they just think everyone can do what they want, which is absolutely not the case. And mm -hmm. then they see Agile doesn't work, and then they are convinced in their belief set that the hierarchy needs to stay as it was because that worked in the past, right? This and this 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 experimental spirit, I think you find that in only very few organizations. But this is required to get to the new model and to become more flexible. So yeah, that's a cultural change, and that's always hard. Yeah. And and uh, I'm going to ask you more more about the change process uh, later on. Um, probably first step is when 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 you think about okay, um, this is not the best structure for for the today um, where everything is so volatile and complex and uh, things are moving so fast. Uh, how to get out of this uh, hamster wheel that we know so for so many decades uh, um, and redefine it in 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 the daily business. Well, how to answer that for every business? I think that's impossible. I think you always need to look at the individual business. But what is for sure, you cannot change the environment. You cannot change how things go. You can say, I don't like that everything is digital. Still, it is digital and it will be digital and every business needs to be digital or will be removed from the, mar from the marketplace. That is for sure. You might like it or not, but it's just a fact. You see that trend all over the place. So, but how to like avoid or escape that hamster wheel that the environment changes faster, but we try to focus on stability and fixed structures. I think this is just, or it starts with the way we think about work and organizations. When we believe that we can plan every, uh, everything and every step up front, And we believe that when we do the work, it must always be according to the plan because the plan is the ultimate truth. That's the big problem. Planning is good and planning is everything, but without execution, it's nothing. Right, right. And um, I think we need to understand that a plan is good in, in order to understand things and think about how things could happen, but then they happen as they happen. And we, we need to be able to see that, reflect on that, find the gap, fix it and adopt. And this doing, reflecting, improving process is a different thing because it includes failure. So when, when we define a process based on doing, reflecting, and improving, there is a failure between the steps. Otherwise, we don't need to improve anything. Something didn't work as we want it to be. And that's what we give a label failure. And maybe that is a problem because that typically like triggers the emotions of, Oh my God, something isn't working. Something is wrong. There's a big failure. Fires are burning. Escalations, right? Which shouldn't be. It's just, okay, we were wrong in our assumptions. So congratulations, you found something to improve. Now you can learn something. And the entire mm. organization can learn something. And we have an opportunity to fix that gap and then make it work. But this is a mindset that I think most managers and people, they don't have. And the organizational structures, they are not made to allow failure. So they don't allow learning. Because most failures will be punished in most cultures. Or, I mean, not punished like punching people or hitting people, but punished like telling other people, like, 
you caused that failure, so it's your fault. Then other people feel blamed. And I think this is the worst thing that can happen in a culture that other people feel blamed because they made a failure or in other words, they learned something. Mm. I think that's what needs to change this cultural thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember there uh, watching an interview last last week um, where there was uh, there was they were talking about a company where um, they say okay uh, failure failure is okay, um, but as soon as a project fails, um, you're you probably didn't get the next promotion for 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 another another role, right? Uh, so mm. it was not like really congruent that say okay there there is a failure we accept it and 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 learn from it and we we are not gonna put consequences out there uh, then that, that will be hinder, hindering you in your further career right yeah mm. i think there is um if the the word failing itself is just a problem i would say now if we identify a problem we will only fail if we stop right then you failed if you have a problem and you stop and you don't improve it and you take it for granted that this problem exists, then you fail. But if you have a problem and you discover it and you wrap your brain around a potential solution and then you find it, then you improve. And then the next problem appears, of course, because drawing is all about solving problems and overcoming obstacles. That's all it is about. So if you look at the things with a solution mindset and you always ask yourself, oh, nice, how can I solve this problem? How can I learn from that? How can I get better? If this becomes your natural way of thinking, you see every problem and obstacle as an opportunity, not just, oh, we need to think in opportunities. That's, sorry, bullshit. If you don't just think, but just use these words because someone told you that every problem should become an opportunity. That's, that has no value if you don't act like this. Right. And if you act like this continuously, then you will like get used to it. And then the organization changes, the culture changes, the entire culture sees problems as opportunities for improvement. This is when the entire organization becomes more adaptive and flexible. Yeah. What do you do about, uh, let, let's say we are, we're starting at a, at a, a classical hierarchical company. Okay. There's a process to get things more, more flattened out and, 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 and inclusive and, and thinking and sales structure or whatever, or in matrix organization. But how you, how you get those, um, let's say we have this huge amount of, of managers that were controlling before. And, um, well, their control function uh, disappears. So, but, but how, how, how you keep them included, how you, how transform this process that they are not like in this controlling position anymore. Um, they're maybe probably more open to a failure, um, and, and more, more autonomy in, in their teams, but how, how you create this environment, how you lead them there. Okay. So let me, let me go first one step back to explain what I don't mean, because it might sound like that um, when I talk about organizations that should become more flexible, they should not have structures and processes. I totally disagree. They need structures and processes, but they need to understand that they might fail. And then they should like ask themselves, how can we improve that? If you don't manifest learnings in processes and structures, then they will always fall back. Right? You need to manifest learnings in your system, in tools, in workflows, in processes. But you need to reflect them over and, and review them over again and again because the environment changes and that might lead you to the point that processes and structures and systems that were helpful in the past are not helpful anymore today. So these structures and systems, they need to be able to change 
and they also need to be flexible. But once they are there, your team needs to be trained on them. And they also need to be flexible to understand that the structures that were valid yesterday will change tomorrow. Right. So this is a critical part of, of management to find the gap and fix the gap and manifest it in structures, workflows, tools and processes, and then help people to get used to these new structures and to get used to that things change in the past and in the future as well. And I think this is when managers become leaders because they need to lead these people in an environment of change. And that means leading their thought processes. And that means leading them from problems and failures, thoughts, solutions, and opportunities. Right. Um, there, there's this nice uh, like pyramid from, uh, and, and we have that on our uh, um, blog. Um, I, I'm going to share it for, with our audience later on. Um, this nice pyramid from Matt Mollenbeck, um, where we start in, in the um, transformation from zero um, where every, every work has to be in one place and nobody can get out of it to the level five, which is kind of defined as the nirvana, um, where you're really like mastering this uh, um, asynchronous work, um, collaborating on trust and, and having a, a great environment to work on. I was wondering, maybe you can explain a little bit um, to our audience, how did this uh, transition felt for you from level zero to level two? <laughs> And maybe how it felt from uh, level four to five. Uh, the difference I, I is was what I'm looking for um, because I. Well, but I take it over. <laughs> so honestly, I didn't transition from level zero to one and one to two and two to three and three to four and then to five. Mm. But I think if you define level zero as the level where everyone is in the same place, the work is in the same place, and everyone is working on like the same thing, which is in the same room or so. This is what you defined as level zero, right? Mm -hmm. And then level five is it's distributed, it's digital, it's all over the globe, right? So I, I, yeah, I changed that from, I would say, zero to five. I didn't process the other steps, which I don't recommend doing, but I think other businesses experienced the same when Corona hit us into a lockdown. Um, so I think the majority level is from... I think zero is not possible anymore today because what is the good thing when work is in the same room and the whole team is around this work piece is that you have transparency. You see what others are doing. You see how the work is progressing. And that is the big thing what is missing in organizations when they like to adopt the distributed model. And that was the big problem when everyone started working remotely. And that's why managers lost their sense of control. Because there was no transparency. They didn't see what happened. They just were looking at their screen. Then they had like remote meetings, I don't know, eight to 10 hours every day. But they didn't see the progress. They didn't, they didn't have transparency over the work. I'm not saying they need transparency over what people are doing. This is not relevant. But over results and progress, this is relevant. And I think this is the, the, the steps to transition from zero to five is to first understand what are the results you should deliver as a team and then as an individual? What, what is the work that we do? What's the output of our daily work? And understanding what do we need to do as a daily routine in order to build this, this output, right? And then how can we reflect if what we created is really effective? In the digital mm. marketing economy and, and businesses, for example, you create a campaign, that's your output, but what you really want is sales or leads. So you need to build your campaigns and then reflect regularly 
how is the performance measured by the leads you generated and the cost per lead or cost per sale, right? And when you, when you have teams that focus on the work, but monitor and reflect on the result, then you have self-managing teams that don't rely on a manager that has all the wisdom and truth and can tell those people what they should do so that they get the outcome. Now, this, this mindset and this structure and this transparency, I think this is the first thing. And then you move it from step one to two. I think you move it to a digital environment. You choose the right tools that support these processes, this workflow, and provide this transparency, right? And then the next step is that you distribute your team still having people that you know since a long time and where you have a huge amount of trust and they know, have all the implicit knowledge that you made somehow explicitly available in your structures, but people are still used to like working with implicit knowledge, right? This is then the next step. And then the next step is you can hire like freelancers and onboard them automatically so that you have flexibility in the skills and work capacity. And the knowledge is in your business and these people can be onboarded and the knowledge can be transitioned into their brain in a short period of time, right? And then the next step is that it doesn't really matter if you ever saw these people. It doesn't really matter how long they work with you. And it doesn't really matter which kind of work they do with your business because all the knowledge is in your structures. And people improve this knowledge in your business, in your system, just by, for example, creating videos. That's the easiest thing, right? And improving structures and processes. They improve that by doing their work, not just there is a central manager, which typically happens in step zero, that there is a central manager that tells, okay, now this is broken. We need to fix that. We need a new workflow here, need a new workflow there. But people do it themselves, even if they are freelancers. There are processes that help the entire organization to become self-managed and to improve itself over time while doing the work as team, as individual, and as the entire organization. I would say these are the five steps to transition from yeah, zero to five. Right. You you already mentioned um, the the re-evaluation on that, but I, I would like to dive there in, into more. Um, why is it important, even if you have like this created a, a from or transition from a, tra a traditional traditional hierarchy into um, something more agile, something more flexible and uh, um, modern? But why is it still so important to re-evaluate the structures? all the time and well not every day but uh, there should be some some process in when when you re-evaluate and, and why is this so important yeah, because the environment changes so fast that structures and tools and systems and goals and kpis that you defined yesterday they might not be valid anymore in like a quarter or half a year or a year from now i would not say you need to you need to like refine your structures every month but every six months, I would say, makes total sense. And mm -hmm. give your team a place so they can give feedback that is then transparent to everyone in the organization when it comes to ideas how to improve it. For example, we do it in a way that we have like, we have a ticket system that's nothing complex, nothing highly innovative. But what is the good thing is that everyone in the organization can report a problem and can provide a potential solution how this problem can be solved. That focuses people on identifying problems, but not stop there but, and, and just complain, but also provide a solution for this problem. And then others can vote. And when there are enough people that vote for that, 
Then a change manager comes and looks at, okay, how much does this cost and what's the potential improvement? And then makes this transparent to others so they can decide if they want to have this change. And then this change is like incorporated in the organization by the teams. But transparency is really the key. And with transparency, I mean transparency about problems, about potential solutions, about who um, votes for what, about costs. That's what I mean. This is, and this is the big opportunity when working digitally. Because when we work in, with digital tools, we leave our food stamps anyway. Now, if the work is structured well, these food stamps become real data. And you can use this data and create something that you can use to make intelligent decisions. And that is what pro uh, provides transparency to make yeah, informed decisions. Great. Manuel, you have already taken all my questions out. <laughs> I don't have any more. <laughs> Do you have anything else I, I might have forgotten and then uh, what you, you would like to add? Uh, if not, then we wrap it up from there. I think we can wrap it up. I, I talked a lot and I think there is more than enough things you, you yes. as a listener can reflect on that and use to improve that. And if you have questions, feel free to reach out on social media. Yeah, we are happy to help you and support you with that. Let's do it. Manuel, see you next week on our next session. Yeah, see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. We hope you found this session helpful. Head back to our in-depth blog article on rethinking your business hierarchy chart. What did we miss in our conversation today? How can we do better? Let us know in the comments and reviews. We are eager to engage. And before you leave, hit the subscribe button, give us a thumb up and share it around with your friends and colleagues. Sign up for the free business builder training on fleshup.io and learn more about how to scale with your business at any time, work with global top talents and make work better. On behalf of the team here at the Virtual Frontier, I want to thank you for listening. So until the next episode, keep exploring new frontiers. Thank you.